بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ today is the 28th of March in the year 2023 and Alhamdulillah we moved on to the sixth blessed day of the holy month of Ramadan and we've reached verse 5 of the blessed surah so to make a start on the opening portion of this verse but before moving on I should have mentioned yesterday We mentioned the blessed verse where Allah Ta'ala highlights that you can use trained hunting animals to catch your prey. But one of the important lessons that Ibn Qayyim gave from this, Rahmatullah, is that because animals have been trained, you are now given lawful sustenance. So Hafiz Ibn Qayyim highlighted that why have you now been given lawful sustenance because you've taught the animal, you've given him knowledge. So Hafiz ibn Qayyim highlighted Rahmatullah if Allah Ta'ala honors the animal with knowledge, then what would be the honor given to the human being? So this is another lesson which is worth pointing out. So verse 5, This day, all halal things are made pure and lawful for you. The food of the people of the book is halal for you and yours is halal for them. So here, Shaykh Maududi he makes a valuable point in his commentary. He states, The food of the people of the book is lawful for you and your food for them means there are no restrictions either on us or on them to take food together. The Muslims are permitted to take meals with the people of the book and they with the Muslims. However, the repetition of the sentence all good and pure things have been made lawful for you is very significant. So what is he referring to? Stop in the quote. So if you go back to verse 4, Allah Ta'ala mentions at the beginning, They ask you what is lawful for them. Then it says, Say lawful for you are the good things and pure. But then if you look at this verse, Allah Ta'ala repeats that. He goes, This day all lawful things are made pure and lawful for you. So, Shaykh Maududi says, Rahmatullah why does Allah repeat that in verse 5? He then says, this shows that the Muslims should not partake of their food if the people of the book do not observe those rules which are essential from the point of view of the Islamic law or if they include unlawful things in their food and drink. For instance, if they do not mention the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over the animal they slaughter or mention any other name than that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over it, the flesh would be forbidden for the Muslims. Likewise, if liquor or pork or any other forbidden thing is served, the Muslims are not permitted to sit at the same table with them. 
So this is why it's so significant. Allah Ta'ala doesn't say it's lawful. He says, this day all tayyibat have become lawful for you. He repeats that. Why? Because if the people of the book do not slaughter with the name of God, it's not tayyibat. So Allah Ta'ala is not giving you a license that you, you can eat from their food. What he's saying is that they must slaughter in the name of God. So the repetition is made there. Otherwise it's unlawful for you, said Shaykh Madhudi Rahmatullah. And also in the work from the Hijaz, Fatawa Islamia, Islamic Verdicts, Volume 6, page 317, the question was posed. If one of the people of the book slaughtered a sheep as a Muslim does, but he did not mention the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over it because they believe in Trinity. Is it permissible to eat this slaughtered animal? So that was the question. The question is a Christian, he doesn't take God's name because he believes in the triune God. And he slaughters, is that animal allowed for us? The response, <coughs> if one of the people of the scripture slaughters an animal, and we know that he mentioned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name over it, then it is permissible to eat. Because it is included in this verse where Allah Ta'ala says, The food of the people of the scripture is lawful to you. So what's the first thing mentioned by the respected scholars of the Hijaz? If you know that they mentioned the name of God over the slaughter, then it's lawful, that meat. But then they say, but if we know that he uttered the name of other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is not permissible to eat. Because that is included in the other verse of the Quran. And the verse they're referring to is Surah An'am, Surah 6, verse 1 to 1, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا مِمَّا لَمْ يُذْكَرِ اسْمُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَإِنَّهُ لَفِسْقَ Eat not O believers of that on which the name of Allah has not been pronounced. For this is fisk disobedience. So what's the second thing the respected Shaykh mentioned? If you know they've uttered other than God on that meat, in the name of Jesus, in the name of this and that, is forbidden. Because Allah Ta'ala mentions clearly anything over which my name is not mentioned, you keep away from that. Then the shares mentioned, and also what's fascinating, that's a Makkan verse. So if you look at the this verse, this is Medina, mentioning you can eat from what the people of the book, but in Makkah, Allah mentioned well before that, if they take the name of other than God, it is not allowed. <coughs> then the Shuyu said, if we are ignorant over whether he mentioned the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or left it, it is permissible for us to eat from it. This is because the basic principle is that the slaughtered animals are permissible because of this verse. The food of the people of the scripture is lawful to you. <coughs> so there's three possibilities with the people of the book. They take the name of God, the food is lawful. They take the name of Jesus Christ, Islam, or anything else, it's unlawful. You are not sure then the food is lawful because of generality of this verse. So this is what's mentioned by the scholars of the Hijaz. So now, Sayyidina Ali, 
he said a few things which are very important. It is not permissible to eat meat slaughtered by the Arab Christians unlike other Christians. According to Ali, this is related in Tabari in his Tafsir 6-56, Qurtubi in his Tafsir 6-78. So what did Sayyidina Ali say? That you cannot eat the slaughtered meat of the Arab Christians. It is also narrated by Ubaidah as-Salmani, who said, the meat slaughtered by Arab Christians should not be eaten because they know nothing of Christianity except drinking alcohol. This is recorded in Abdul Razak in his Musannaf number 10,035. That buddy in his Tafsir 6-65. So what did this respected uh, uh, senior Tabiin say? Don't eat the meat slaughtered by the Arab Christians because the only thing they know about Christianity is drinking alcohol. Now what did he mean by that? What he meant by that was the only Christian by name. Mm-hmm. Then another report mentions, do not eat meat slaughtered by the Christians of Banu Taghlib because they do not adhere to anything of Christianity except drinking alcohol. This is in Abdul Razak in his Musannaf number 10,034, Kanzul Oman number 15,651. So, he quoted as evidence for the fact that they did not adhere to the teachings of Christianity with regards to commands and prohibitions. So they were not to be regarded as being Christian. This is the key point. So now, why is this important? Because a lot of people tick the boxes were Christian. Are they? This is another contradiction. When people say, you know, I can take the people of the books, the Quran mentions it, and then they quote Quran as if they are Mufassils. And then you go, well, the Quran mentions many things, but what's the understanding of that verse? So now, what's interesting, in the modern setting, who are the Christians who you believe would be safer if you're going to eat from their slaughtered meat? Who do we believe are, are it is safer for us to eat from their meat? And it's the Protestants. Because the Protestants don't worship saints. <laughs> right? The Catholics, they've got a saint for every day of the week, right? And they're slaughtering left, right, and center for them. So, in the modern setting, if you're in a scenario where you've got no option, but the me has to be from the people of the book, then you turn to the Protestants. Right? Because they are less shirky than their brothers amongst the Catholics. Also, was another fascinating point. What about the Magians? So who are the Magians? The Magians are those who worship the fire. Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, Sayyid al-Muslimin, he said, I heard Rasulullah say, you can take the jizya, or he took the jizya from the Magians. In Sayyid Bukhari, so what does that prove? They are people of the book. The Quran goes, the people of the books, food is lawful for you. So does that mean now, that the Magian slaughter is lawful for us? There is nothing wrong with eating the food of the Magians if it does not contain any meat. Why? Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu said, there is nothing wrong with eating the food of the Magians. It is only meat slaughtered by them that is forbidden. This is in Kanzul Oman, number 2756. So now what's interesting? The people of the book. The Quran says the people of the book, their food is lawful. Hazrat Ali goes, 
For the Magians, nothing, not their meat. Anything else, no problem. Bread, eat it, fruit, eat it. Not their meat. According to another report, there is nothing wrong with eating the bread of the Magians. It is only their meat that is forbidden. This is in Al-Mughni 4-296. This is the view of the majority of scholars. So the Magians, there seems to be a red sign for that. No entry, no meat slaughtered by them, even though the jizya was taken from them and therefore, in, therefore indicates they are people of the book. Also, Ibn Kathir in his tafsir, rahmatullah he mentions, so he decides the passage, The food of the people of the book is halal for you. Meaning, as Ibn Abbas, Abu Umam and many others said, their slaughtered animals are lawful for you. This is in Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir's tafsir. So why do I mention that? Because if you look at the verse, it doesn't mention nothing about slaughter. So some Muslims erroneously think that Allah Ta'ala has made the lawful of the people of the book only what's lawful for us. Have you understood? Their bread, their fruit. It doesn't mean, because it doesn't mention slaughter. And they're right. It doesn't mention slaughter. It says, this day the things good and pure made lawful for you, the food of the people of the book. But the majority of the Salaf said it refers to slaughtered animals. So what's interesting, people think that's part of the verse. It's not part of the verse. This is what the Salaf have explained. Then Ibn Kathir said, this ruling that the slaughtered animals of the people of the book are permissible for Muslims is agreed on by scholars because the people of the book believe that slaughtering for other than God is prohibited. They mention God's name upon slaughtering animals even though they have deviant beliefs about Allah that do not befit His Majesty. So they believe in God. But of course they corrupted their belief. However, Allah has allowed their slaughter if they slaughter in the name of God, even with that corrupted belief. So now what about the Jews? Their meat is the safest. Why do we say that? <coughs> because in Sayyid Bukhari and Fat al-Bari 9-552, Abdullah ibn Mughaffal, he said, whilst we were attacking the fort of Khaybar, which is a Jewish stronghold, a person threw a leather bag containing fat. I ran to take it and I said, I will not give anyone anything from this container today. But when I turned, I saw Rasulullah standing behind me and he was smiling. So what's happened? It's the jihad against the Jewish uh, stronghold of Khaybar. And the Sahaba, he gets some fat. He says, I'm going to have this. Nobody else is going to have this. The Prophet is behind him and he smiles. Ibn Kathir says, what does that prove? It was Jewish fat. The Sahaba didn't say it's unlawful. They're not slaughtering in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet didn't say to him, incorrect, you are not allowed to eat the fat of the people of the book. He smiled. Ibn Kathir also says, the scholars rely on this hadith as evidence that we are allowed to eat what we need of food from the spoils before it is divided. So in jihad, you can actually eat from the foodstuff, even though technically it's booty, spoils. 
even before it's divided, this is a proof because the Sahaba was thinking this before the conquest was complete. The scholars of the Hanafi, Shafi and Hanbali Muslims, Ibn Kathir said, rely on this hadith to allow eating parts of the slaughtered animals of the Jews that they prohibit for themselves, such as fat. Now why is that interesting? They're not allowed to eat the fat. That's why they threw it. So what happened? It's halal for us. <laughs> so three of the imams said, bring it on, we love it. They use this hadith as evidence against the scholars of the Maliki Mazhab who disagreed with this ruling. So Imam Malik disagrees. Then Ibn Kathir said, a better proof is the hadith in Sahih Bukhari that the people of Khaybar gave Rasulullah a gift of a roasted leg of sheep which they are poisoned. So stop in the quote. Who's given the meat? Jews. What is it? Sheep. Who, how did they slaughter today? With their belief. Did the Prophet accept it? Yes. What does that tell you? <laughs> but it was poisoned. The Prophet used to like eating the leg of the sheep. He took a bite from it, but it told the Prophet it was poisoned. So he discarded. The bite that the Prophet took affected the palate of his mouth. Whilst Bishr ibn al-Bara ibn Ma'mur radiyallahu passed away from eating from the same sheep. The Prophet had the Jewish woman Zainab who poisoned the sheep killed because of Bishr. Therefore the Prophet's companions wanted to eat from that sheep and did not ask the Jews if they remove what the Jews believe was prohibited for them such as its fat. So this proves that you can eat from the slaughtered meat of the Jews. The Prophet took it. He didn't question. So putting this into a nutshell, what is the order of safety when it comes to the people of the book? First of all, don't eat their meat. Why are you obsessed with eating their slaughtered meat? But maybe you're in that part of the world where there's no Muslim butchers. You're living amongst the non-Muslims and you're dying for meat. It's possible. But if you've got Muslim butchers, what are you playing at? People go, now here, there's butchers all over the place. They're getting turkeys from Tesco's. Right? And you go, what are you doing, brother? Right? And he goes, no, no, it's people of the book. He goes, which people of the book? And he goes, well, they're the Jew, they're the Christian, they're the... You don't even know who they are. There's Abdullah shop here. There's Muhammad shop here, butcher. Where are you getting turkeys from there? And they haven't got a clue. So, simply put, in order of safety, the most safest meat slaughtered is the Jews. The second is the Protestant slaughtered meat. And the third are the Catholics. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knows best. So this is how you look at it. And this is why you notice that you hear these narratives of the elders. Because eat the Jewish meat. I heard this myself. Because if you can't get any other Islamic, you know, eat their meat. And they are why do they keep mentioning Jews? Because they heard it from the scholars. But is there a view that if they slaughter other than the name of God, the Christians, can you eat that meat? If one does not hear from a Christian or a Jew that a name other than Allah, such as that of Isa or Udair, was mentioned at the time of slaughtering, the meat he offers is lawful. If, however, he hears him mentioning a name other than Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is prohibited according to what Allah Ta'ala mentions. But then it mentions, some, however, maintain 
that the food of the people of the scripture has been allowed to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is aware of what they say when slaughtering an animal. It has been narrated that somebody asked Abu Darda whether he could eat the flesh of a lamb which had been given to him and which had been slaughtered for the church of St. George. Abu Darda answered, Are they not the people of the book whose food is lawful for us and ours for them? He told the person who asked him, Eat it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So Abu Darda, Hakim al-Ummat, the physician of this Ummat, he was the lenient in this. You got the people of the book. They're committing shirk left, right and center. So you know, if they're slaughtered in the name of the change for the church of St. George, what's going on there for the church? Not even a saint? For the church of St. George. Because eat it. <coughs> so there is some leniency. However, like I mentioned, the safest precaution is to avoid their meat because of Amir al-Mu'minin Sayyidina Ali's statements in this regard. And also to, you know, for the, for the sake of piety and taqwa. The only thing which is interesting before wrapping up, <coughs> where in the Bible does it mention this? <coughs> so in the book of Acts 15.29, it mentions, you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and you abstain from fornication. What's interesting, notice the bracketing of fornication with things unlawful to eat. So what's interesting, there's a passage is, is, is in the book of Acts. He goes, you must keep away from meat offered to idols. Christian scripture. <laughs> right? So that's why Allah has given them some honor. Blood which is what our, you know, revelation mentions. Things strangled. But then it goes fornication. So that if you eat according to the Christian from that, it's just as bad as fornication. Zina. Another very interesting thing. What does Allah Ta'ala mention? Your food is halal for them. Now, why is that interesting? Because again, you know, these Protestants, especially the evangelicals, a strange kettle of fish. Somebody phoned it, asked one of the evangelicals, can we eat halal Muslim halal food? He said, no, because they're slaughtered in the name of other than the true God. When I listened to that, I burst out laughing, <laughs> right? Because they're slaughtering in the name of Allah, who's Allah? Can't even pronounce his name properly, who's Allah? Right? So look how ironic, right? So Allah Ta'ala says in this verse, our food is lawful for them. Look how beautiful that is. As if to say, don't listen to them. Give them halal food, chicken. Let them eat it. Right? And maybe that will make them, you know, stir something up inside them to make them see the reality of things. So note, this is also mentioned in the, in the same passage. <coughs> so I'll cite the passage and we will conclude. rahim <coughs> اليوم أحل لكم الطيبات وطعام الذين أوتوا الكتاب حل لكم وطعامكم حل لهم Just to add this, the verse then goes on to mention that the 
pure women of the people of the book are lawful food. <coughs> well, we mentioned that tomorrow. So Allah first mentions that their food is lawful for you. But I mentioned what the authorities have mentioned. In the same verse, Allah now talks about the people of the books, women. They are lawful for you. But of course, there's detail there. So we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Quran the Rabbi of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently uttered.